0: Welcome back to Making Trades Sexy. We are excited to present a whole new topic this week, and this is auto mechanics. And of course, I'm here with the wonderful Corey Stokes. Hello. Uh, Cincinnati East Express Employment Professionals. Also here with Alex Winnenberg, the owner of Berg Tech Solutions and the sound manager for Making Trades Sexy. So before we kick off, Corey, baseline, how much do you know about cars, mechanics, and that industry?
1: So I have a limited exposure, limited experience with it. Uh, I definitely wouldn't encourage anyone to ask me specific questions about how to fix their vehicle, but I think I might be able to hold my own.
0: <laughs> in a conversation through a, through
1: a conversation well that's least.
0: better than i did on this interview <laughs> so we were lucky to talk to andrew with bear car care in the west side of cincinnati he has a service mm-hmm. shop it's actually a family company he's second generation inside of it and their big thing is they actually will come drive to you to pick up your car and then take it back to their facility and work on it that way you don't have to drop it off which is like one of those things like why didn't i think of that that's a great idea So one of these days we'll be millionaires from it. But anyway, without further ado, here is Andrew with Bear Car Care. Uh, I'm Andrew
2: Schneider from Bear Car Care. Uh, We are a small, independent auto repair facility. Uh, We do mechanical repairs and maintenance on all makes and models. Um, What makes us a little different is we offer free pickup and delivery with any service. And we're really focused on... Customer convenience. That's
0: fantastic. Yeah, Yeah. I think we were just talking that that's such a cool business model to go and actually pick up the car and drive it. I guess the only time it wouldn't work is if the car is not drivable, right? Yeah. So do you ever tell them?
2: We don't own a tow truck, but we work with tow companies. Yeah.
0: They bring them to the shop. Okay, that makes a whole lot of sense. Now, I know we talked a little bit about what this podcast is about, but basically we're seeing a huge gap when it comes to the skilled trades. So not a whole lot of people going into them, but there's a lot of people leaving them, especially retiring right now. So is that something that you've seen in the automotive world too, or is it something that you feel like you have enough candidates coming in the pipeline?
2: No, that's absolutely something I've seen most of the really – good
0: techs that i know are in their 60s so now do you think it's an issue with like being a good tech versus a tech at all are you seeing candidates just not qualified or are you just seeing no candidates at all um mostly no candidates at all yeah. so now why do you think that is car
2: culture isn't what it used to be yeah so so fewer people are just really excited to get their hands on cars hmm. um I'm not sure that's necessarily – should be a barrier to coming into this field, but um, yeah. What do you mean by car culture? Um, Just like – I feel like we got a 71 Mustang out in the parking lot right now. I feel like back then there were people who just – all they wanted to do was work on cars all day. Yeah, and that I don't know that that's the case anymore. Right,
0: so. right, because everything's more tech now. Everyone's looking at computers. Every, no one's looking about getting their hands dirty. Mm-hmm. So I never really thought about that before. So is that what drew you to the trade? Did you like the car culture coming into this, or is just something else?
2: Not really. <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: so, so what got you into this company then?
2: So it started off. It was just a family business. So my dad ran the place, and I started changing oil, changing tires, and. So what's the most technical thing you've been you've had to learn how to do? Um do all kinds of stuff. So I just replaced the transmission last week. Dude. Uh,
0: to... Now, how did you learn how to do it? Was it something did you watch a bunch of YouTube videos? Did you go get formal education? Or did you just work with the guys?
2: Yeah, so I what my education was more like an apprentice kind of thing, working alongside more
0: experienced people right. as I came up. Now, uh, you mentioned earlier that most of the good technicians you know are kind of like in their 60s or at their mm-hmm. retirement age. What differentiates a good technician from like a subpar technician? Is it a passion? Is it a skill set? Is it a experience?
2: Um, yeah, so some of it's experience, um, others things are just like a willingness, like somebody who wants to figure out a problem. As opposed to somebody who just wants to, to follow steps to do something, and then if it doesn't work, what now? Um, so, curiosity, I think, is a big one. Um,
0: yeah. That makes, that makes, that makes perfect I sense. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know so. that I've thought about that question too much. <laughs> yeah, had right. a mechanical aptitude. That's mm-hmm. awesome. So looking at the pipeline of the cans we have coming in, a lot of what we use for this podcast is we go out to the high schools, we use this to kind of interface with students. So going back to the high school days, what do you think could be attractive about this career field outside of something else that they could potentially pursue, if it's college or another trade? So for
2: me, what it is is I can't stand sitting still. I couldn't do a desk job, so I get to be up, moving, and... I don't I don't know many feelings more gratifying than something was broken and then I fixed it. Right. Um and so that's what I think it is. And this field I mean if you are into computers and technical things there's always new technology coming through that we need to scramble to figure out how to fix and so
0: and everyday is always be a challenge different. yeah right right and well, that's a really good point so it's always going to be different always okay. on your feet which i feel like is kind of for a lot of students that's one of the issues with you see when it comes to like desk jobs is you get a lot of people that don't want that 9 to 5 and this is okay. a great opportunity to kind of work in it for the outside of it now, the first question we get whenever we talk to students is how much does it pay, right? Okay. So, it's a big spectrum, of course, coming from entry level to someone who's at retirement age. Uh-huh. So, what's kind of like the minimum, like you're just getting your hands dirty, and then what's kind of the wage they can expect after they've been doing it for a long time?
2: Um, so, the minimum that I ever pay anybody is $15 an hour right now. Nice. So, that's somebody who's no experience that we're training from the ground up Um. Experienced techs can, I mean, there are plenty of shops that advertise over $100,000 That's a year. not quite what people here are making. But, <laughs> but it's possible. Right. Right. So it yeah. also kind of depends on how you want to work. Right. You can go places and work 70, 80 hours a week, or you can come to a small place like us and work 730 to 5 and go home in the evenings and have the weekends off. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And then that's and it's about the culture at that point, too. It's yep. the work-life balance and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So how many how many guys do you have working here right now?
2: Uh, there are four of us total.
0: Nice. Cool. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty good... So you know everyone and everything about everyone, though. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which is definitely a cool family culture. So it seems like, I mean, the compensation's there, but to get to the point to when you can actually start learning more about cars. So 15 bucks an hour, you said no experience. You've never mm-hmm. basically held a 10-millimeter wrench before. Yep. After they go over that original barrier, is there a certification? Like I've heard, is it ASC? Is that a thing that you have to worry about when you get in the automotive world? Yes.
2: So the, our field, at least in the state of Ohio, doesn't require any certifications. Okay, cool. Um, some employers will, so ASE is the big one. Okay. And um, it, it's easy to get the study materials and go through the different portions of the car and study up, and then take the test.
0: So it's so. not like you don't have to do, like, classroom time. You're not, like, it's not like a two-year degree or anything. It's nope. just mostly a practical test. Yep. So if someone was in high school and working on the 71 Mustang, you have know, out front, mm-hmm. and then as, like, a hobby, they could very well just turn around, do some studying, do the certification by themselves, and then come out, set up in a pretty good, lucrative career over a long period. Absolutely. Of time. Yeah. yeah. So what do you think stopping kids? I mean, like, for me, I, I think, I mean, I go back, and I was everything else on the podcast, I feel like I, like, hate on college college was a great experience for me Mm -hmm. but looking back i was never told that that's a potential career i was always like okay well it's like dirty and grimy but like again hundred thousand dollars a year potentially a couple shops why aren't we getting the word out why do you not think a lot of kids are going into it the
2: high school that i went to not going to college was not really presented as an option at all um so I, i think that's probably some of it and it is hard work yeah. So um, it's hard on your body, but it's good work too. So I would recommend anybody going into it try to go someplace where you can learn kind of the customer interface management side of the business as well. And just for when it does get hard on the body, and yes,
0: yeah, so that way they have an exit strategy later. Some right. management side of it. So that being said, this is something Alex and I actually talked about on the way to this was we were driving past, I think it was like a Honda dealership or something, and we brought up the idea of going and working for a dealership versus going and working for a company like yours, and you have guys, and you're obviously very passionate about what you do, and you have that family culture. Mm-hmm. What's some of the advantages, and what's the big differences that you've seen? Um, so
2: the advantage to working in a dealership would be the training you get. Right, You get factory training, lots of hands-on stuff. Uh, access to tons of information, mm-hmm. plus if you are the kind of tech that gets paid for what you produce, you're working on the same kinds of vehicles all the time. You can oh, get very point. fast at what you're doing. Good point. So,
0: yeah, because if they're uh, doing piecework on Honda Civic, it's the same bolt they have to tie, in every single right. day for the whole change. With this, you're looking at custom cars, looking at different stuff. Oh, right. Oh, that's a really good point. So what's some of the advantages of this kind of life?
2: So the advantages of working here would be work-life balance it's a monday through friday job um we don't pay for productivity it's a a straight salary that we give you here um and then it's the culture so beyond the the small like family setting where you know everybody Mm -hmm. since we don't have productivity quotas and things like that, if you need a hand with something, everybody's willing to stop what they're doing and help you.
0: And I saw it when we were doing the cable in here so long ago that I think, I'm not, I'm not a tech guy at all, but you were, you had something lower down out of the car and there was mm-hmm. three different guys all working at, at the same time, yeah. having that kind of cooperation teamwork. That was kind of cool to see mm-hmm. just to see that so I wasn't expecting. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, talking to the 15-year-old, the 16-year-old that still hasn't picked their career path yet, hmm What's the best piece of advice for where? What can they start doing now to get prepared to go into the automotive field?
2: Uh, pick up tools and do something with Uh um,
0: Rest on your mom's car, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, she's cool with it. But, yeah, that's really cool because mechanical aptitude will take you pretty far. Cool. Now, is there anything else you want to say to the students or anyone else listening to the to the podcast? Um, I don't think
2: so. I, I really- wouldn't trade my college education for anything, but yeah. if that's not, you know, financially viable for you, or school's not your thing. There are
0: lots of good options. Perfect. Well, I really, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thanks, Alex. We're good. Perfect. So that was Andrew. Pretty nice guy. Yeah. I like the facility. He said a couple things that stood out to me, and I kind of want your opinion on it too, Corey. Okay. The (laughs) The first was the concept of car culture. So I didn't really stop and have him explain, but what does car culture mean to you?
1: So car culture is, to me, kind of that term that encompasses the world of people who have you know, that passion for, for, for cars. I mean, there are your enthusiasts, there are your collectors, there are your people that have been working on their own vehicles and kind of have that as a hobby and a passion generations of, you know, families that, that do that, um, kind of for fun or for work. Um, you know, there's car shows, it's, it's a whole world with its own language and it's, it's definitely a, a legitimate subculture
0: yeah and it's kind of interesting because it's rare to go find another trade that will like classify itself as a culture like from we don't go to plumbers and we're like well plumbing culture is really good in ohio <laughs> right like no one's going to trades being like oh yeah those are the new socket wrenches right but maybe again i don't really know what a socket wrenches so. <laughs> anyway skimming over that and a couple more things is when it comes to pay grade i mean we've heard the same thing with basically every tradesperson we've talked to which is the entry rate is right around 15 and then it scales up after that based off experience but i mean a hundred thousand dollars a year for an auto tech with no degree maybe an as i think it's ase or asc certification um, but still that's pretty crazy i mean have you we filled auto techs before how does that usually go when we fill for these positions
1: we have so usually and i say usually because that's It's rare for us to fill a flat rate position only because of the level of experience that goes into flat rate technicians, mechanics, but typically we're looking at more of the entry level or the mid-level where it's kind of a set hourly or even a salaried range. Um, And again, you're right, it it is all based on experience.
0: So flat rate. I totally know what flat rate means, but for everyone else that doesn't know what flat rate means, that means
1: so flat rate is uh, the term that's it, it basically means when you take your vehicle in and and typically it's mostly dealerships or some of your larger repair shops where the mechanics will be able to work on your repairs based on the type of repair it is. So there's usually a set rate or a time that is assigned to a specific repair, like a transmission, for example. Um, you can say, you know, a transmission repair replacement is typically six hours. Um, if the mechanic can complete that work within four hours, he's still paid for that six hours. Oh. So that's a flat rate. And so that allows the mechanics who work at that level to complete more work throughout the day versus just being paid hourly
0: so kind of like if we took that model and took it inside of express if we paid based off how many interviews we're doing if you can do more interviews in the same amount of time you could get way more money because we're paying you based off the interview not how long it's taking
1: potentially and there's there's downsides to that and there's some debate on you know if you if you really start digging you'll get into debates about quality versus quantity and things like that but essentially yeah
0: that's interesting that's really interesting and then <clears throat> last thing that I kind of want to get into is the the passion they have for it and that kind of goes into he said something that I think we're putting in the intro of there's no better feeling than fixing something Like, I could probably argue that there's probably better feelings, but like for, for that mindset, (laughs) he's right. And for some people, that's their passion. So getting into it, that's, that's really awesome, especially going from like the hobbyist to pro mentality. So the, the mechanics that you've met in your life, have they always enjoyed it? Or is this something that they just did professionally or?
1: I think the, obviously the experienced technicians and those that have good tenure with it have to enjoy it in order to stay in, in that work. Um, I think that's the case with any work that you do. If there's no passion behind it, then, um, you're either not going to continue doing it or you're not going to do it well. So the mechanics that I, that I know of, that I've met that are really good are the ones that really enjoy doing it and they'll do it in their spare time. They have hobby projects at home. Oftentimes they're working on other, you know, things outside of cars, whether it's boats or, Um, you know, even like their lawnmowers, they've had those dissected in their garages. Yeah, it's, you have to, uh, you know, it's my opinion that you have to be passionate about your trade to be the best at it.
0: Right, and Andrew is definitely passionate about his trade. If you haven't been to Bear Car Care in the West Hudson County, stop by. It's a really cool culture. All of his texts, you could tell. I mean, it's it's different. You go to you go to dealerships or you go to other places, and it's kind of like people that are doing a set amount of things. But these guys were truly passionate about what they're doing. It's really good to see. And seeing that he said something else that I think we had the same conversation when we were talking about construction, which was you'll start out doing the hard work. You're still out doing the actual technical skills, but eventually there's a lot of people that moved into the management or like the service rider positions, things like that. That's more of an admin. That way they have a career path and cross training into that. I mean, I, I think it's a great opportunity if you have a passion about cars and you're in high school. I mean, even when he looked into it, he's like, there's, people that he hires are out of high school that just like working on their parents cars now i'm not advising if you are in high school to go start wrenching on your mom's car probably get permission first but seeing that as a potential career path i think it's awesome do you have anything else to say about auto techs?
1: um i mean i think you've i think you've pretty much covered it
0: Perfect. So as always, we're not here to tell you what to do, but we are here to make you feel validated in your decision. So if you decide to go to college, more power to you worked out great for me. If you don't think college is your thing, don't let anyone tell you differently. There's a thousand different trades out there. And I think auto mechanic is a great option for a whole lot of people. So without further ado, we will see you next time on making Trades sexy.
1: Bye.